All right, guys, so we are here today with, I suppose this is episode two, and today's focus is going to be on Jamie Lannister. So before we begin, I just want to make you guys aware of how these podcasts actually work. This is just kind of me talking in my spare time here about the general design, developments, some strategies and tactics for everything Song of Ice and Fire related. This is not a you know super complex podcast here. This is done in my free time. There's no editing done or anything. This is all usually done in one take. So if I make any big uh, catastrophic mistakes, we just kind of roll fit and just go with it. Um, that being said, uh, let's just move right into Jamie because we have a lot of stuff to cover today. I'm going to try a little bit of a different format compared to last time. What we're going to do is I'm going to start with a general rundown of Jamie Lannister, uh, his general tactics, his tactics cards and how he functions, and then we're going to go by section by section, the units, the attachments, and the non-combat characters available to him, and just kind of give a brief overview about how they synergize with his playstyle in general, like, you know, if I was going to make an army with him, how it would play. So let's look at Jamie's cards specifically. We're looking at his commander version, Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. He has one order on his card counterattack. When this unit is attacked with melee, after attack dice are rolled for each blocked hit, the attacker suffers one automatic hit. Uh, something else to note is I have attached a, a PDF into this podcast here down at the bottom featuring Jamie's attachment and uh, tactics cards, so you can go ahead and get a general idea for those as we're reading along here. So the thing to know about Jamie's attachment is that he has counterattack, as I just read. This is going to be an overarching theme of his army. You're going to basically be punishing your opponent for failing to attack you, uh, failing to damage you. Uh, this is how he's going to play, and I have a big suspicion that Jamie is going to be incredibly frustrating for a lot of newer players to come against, because, uh, again, he's got a general counter strategy. If you do stuff to him, he's going to say, no, you don't really do that stuff, and I'm going to deal you some damage. Uh, and that can be frustrating for a lot of players, because, you know, counter strategies in general are frustrating for people. But then you combine Jamie's um, field control with the Lannister panic aspects and their general control style gameplay, and yeah, you can see some frustration coming. The important thing to remember, though, when playing against Jamie, is that he doesn't really do anything aggressively. Everything he does is going to be defensive-based or reactionary. So if you know that, then you're going to be a stronger advantage going in and playing against him. He's not really good when he's having to make plays himself and be on the offense. So if you force him into that role, then a lot of his cards are going to be weaker than... Um, or he's going to have a lot of weaker options than he usually would. So the thing to note when playing against Jamie is that if you play into his plan, if you don't actually devise counter-strategies to his counter-strategies, then it's going to be frustrating, and you're probably going to lose that game. The thing about Jamie is that all of his cards are defensive-based. Uh, let's look at his three tactics cards specifically, and you'll see what I mean. The first one is Deadly Repost. Uh, when an enemy unit makes a melee attack before attack dice are rolled, for each miss, that enemy suffers one automatic hit. If they're attacking Jamie Lannister's unit, they suffer plus two additional automatic hits. Okay, so here's your first example. Jamie is going to punish you for missing him, and you're going to suffer automatic hits because of it. If you're attacking his unit specifically, he's going to throw on some additional hits there. Uh, this being said, Jamie really does like throwing weakened on enemies to force them to reroll and you know cause extra misses. That synergizes really well with Deadly Repost. So here we have an example of, okay, so Jamie is going to punish you with his counterattack ability when he blocks your hits, and now he's going to punish you when you miss him. So... You know, you can already see the uh, <laughs> the counter effects coming to play. Expert Parry. This is a second tactics card. When a friendly combat unit is attacked with melee after attack dice are rolled, each defense save roll of six blocks two hits. 
If that unit contains a Jamie Lannister, rolls a 5 plus block 2 hits instead. Uh, this card synergizes directly with his counterattack ability, so you're going to throw 8 attack dice out there. Oh look, he's rolled a bunch of 6s, he's blocked a bunch of your hits, and now you're suffering up to 8 uh, hits in return. Uh, a lot of people get really jittery about this ability, um, the counterattack ability in general, because they're like, oh my god, it's going to wipe my unit out. Uh, it's not. Okay, let's, let's look at the math here, guys. So if you are attacking Jamie's unit, let's say you have an average of 8 attack dice, so 4 plus to hit, that means you're going to be hitting an average of 4 times. Jamie is probably going to block, let's say, a good roll. Let's say he blocks all of those. Okay, you're going to suffer 4 hits in return. You know, you guys get defense saves against that, so you know, you're probably going to block half of those and suffer about 2 casualties. Yeah, that sucks when you're attacked, but you're attacking the guy who specifically counterattacks you, and he's playing cards to punish you for attacking him. So, you know, let's look at that. Uh, Counterattack uh, is, again, a very kind of mentally stressful card for your uh, ability for your opponent because people always have that habit of looking at, like, the worst-case scenario and just going, you know, oh, my unit's going to get wiped out. But uh, it can hurt, but it's not going to do any that much extreme damage on average. I mean, bearing extreme rolls. The last card we have for Jamie is Kingslayer's Renown. It triggers when an enemy combat unit activates. That enemy becomes weakened. If they're within short range of Jamie Lannister's unit, they also become panicked. So Lannisters in general also like debuffing the enemy, and this is just one of Jamie's methods of doing so. Uh, this is one of his abilities to throw down Weakened, which pairs really well with his Deadly Repost card. Uh, it doesn't actually synergize that well with his uh, counterattack ability, because counterattack triggers on blocked hits, and Weakened is just going to make it so you're not hit in general. But again, this is putting the emphasis on Jamie being a defensive commander, and that's one of his things that you need to look at going into him. He can really withstand a lot of attacks and weather a lot of those uh, kind of uh, offensive abilities. And that's one of the methods to play around with his list, is that if you want to go full defensive with the Jamie Lannister list, um, that's probably the one that I would recommend. We'll get into more of that when we talk about the units and attachments. But I really feel that if you want to play Jamie to a degree of success, then you need to capitalize on the aspect of Lannisters that is they're a really defensive army, and they're going to win via just kind of attrition and hurting the enemy through panic tests. Jamie is definitely going to give you the tools to do that, but if you're more of an aggressive player that really wants to make those big plays and just go out there and kill a bunch of stuff, Jamie's not really going to be the type of commander for you. Now, there are certain builds you can do that, you know, I'm going to take a bunch of effective combat units, and now they've got defensive abilities. Sure, that's one method you can take. But frankly, I feel you're much better off going the defensive route. And if you really want to go just full aggression, um, <laughs> aggressive with Lannisters, you have the Mountain that also comes in the starter box. So just go with him, because he'll stomp face in. All right, let's move on to looking at the Lannister units and the uh, neutral forces that Jaime has access to. We're going to start by looking at the Lannister Guardsmen. These are a five-point option, and to me are really the best option for Jamie to take. Um, they have a 3 plus defense save, they have Lannister Supremacy, where if the unit is attacked and passes its panic test, the attacker must make a panic test with minus 2 to their roll. These guys embody Lannister defense because they have absolutely garbage offensive capabilities, having 6 attack dice at max ranks hitting on a 4 plus. They're not going to kill anything. They're a little slow, but they have that 3 plus defense save, which is really going to synergize well with Jamie's counterattack and a lot of his tactics cards. So. I feel that the majority of your list is going to be made up of Lannister Guardsmen. They're probably the most solid option, and coming in only five points, you can afford to take a bunch of them. Uh, again, your list isn't going to have a lot of offense, so you really need to kind of weather the storm and really hurt guys via Lannister Supremacy. 
Uh, noting that with this type of list, another uh, thing that's going to come into play is going to be the tactics board. The wealth area that helps you restore wounds to your unit is going to become paramount to your strategy because a lot of your Lannister cards are going to synergize with it, but really, again, we're playing that attrition game. So restoring you know, wounds to your unit and thus letting them to stay in combat better, that's really how you're going to end up winning fights because the longer a fight goes, the more it's going to stand in favor of the Lannisters with their Lannister supremacy capabilities. Uh, and then, of course, Jamie's tactics cards on top of that. So, you know, that's something to note is that you really want to lock units up into combat with you and just kind of keep them there because in the long run, the fight's going to be yours. Moving on to the next unit, we have Lancer Halberdiers coming at six points. Another solid option for Jamie. Uh, these guys are, again, they follow into that whole defensive tactic here where they've got that set for charge ability. So if they're charged, they get that free attack. They have Sundering, which is going to help you punch through armor. And in general, they have a good offensive punch here with seven attack dice until they get reduced down to one rank and then you can just heal them up via the wealth icon. So, you know, again, that's something to consider as well. Uh, Lannister Guards and Halberdiers, to me, are, again, the fundamental units that I would take when running Jamie that are really going to make up the, uh, the core of your strategy. Moving on, we have the Mountains Men. These are the offensive branch of the Lannisters, and to me, while they're nice, they just don't really synergize a lot with Jamie's tactics and therefore I'm usually not going to take them because they're coming at the same points as Halberdiers and one point more expensive than Lannister Guards. Uh, in this situation here, I'd really just take something else with them. It might not be a bad idea to have one unit of them or so, just so you do have something that can really punch through the enemy in case you really just need to, you know, uh, decimate a unit. But frankly, I think there are other tools in your arsenal that you can take that will probably fulfill the same goal, if not, you know, do it a little bit better. So to me, while they're nice, they're not going to be my first option. They're not going to be my second option. So these guys are probably going to sit on the sidelines if I'm running Jamie as my commander. Next, we have Lannister Crossbowmen clocking at six points as well and being the, uh, the primary ranged option for the Lannisters. These guys I actually really do like as my damage dealing unit in a Jamie Lannister force, especially over the Mountainsmen. And the reason for that being is because you're going to have a bunch of guys who are going to get locked into combat, you know, hopefully with Lannister guards, halberdiers, and whatnot. Then you've got your crossbow guys who can just kind of sit behind them, sit in the back, and start shooting into, <laughs> shooting into melee. Yeah, it's going to cause panic tests on your own Lannister guys, which is going to suck because you're not really good at that. But they have a solid range option, hit on 3+, and have Sundering. In this case, it's a matter of the means justify, uh, sorry, the ends justify the means. Here, you, yeah, you might be sacrificing some guardsmen and some halberdiers to panic test, but you will hopefully be dealing a lot more damage to the enemy. Um, to me, in a Jamie Lannister list, it's going to have a core of Lannister Guardsmen, maybe a couple units of Halberdiers, and then my main damage dealers in that list are going to be comprised of Lannister Crossbowmen. You have the defensive capabilities to keep them out of combat too, by the way, so if you're allowing an enemy to really get in your back ranks like that, then you have other problems because you have a bunch of defensive measures to prevent that. Mobility is going to be a problem if your army because Guardsmen are not the fastest thing ever, but you're kind of mitigating that by taking the ranged Crossbowmen. Uh, if they get in combat, they're pretty much dead. I mean, yeah, you can waste your Jamie tactics cards on potentially keeping them alive a little bit longer. But frankly, again, if they get engaged, it's not going to be a good time for anyone. So avoid that when you can. You know, just play better. <laughs> Knights of Casterly Rock. These are your big um, offensive cavalry option for Lannisters. They're not bad. These guys are definitely a damage dealer. They have Lannister Supremacy, which is if the unit is attacked and passes its panic test, the attacker must roll a panic test of minus two. These guys are surprisingly okay at getting kind of dug into combat. 
but you're really wasting their points if you allow that to happen because if you look at their baseline stats, they're pretty much Lannister Guardsmen, except they have a fancy lance and more wounds per guy. That lance, by the way, is uh, when they're charging, the attack gets plus three dice, and they gain critical blow and sundering. Not a s insignificant bonus. But, again, they need to be charging when you do that, and that really means that you're going to be catering to offense. Now, something to note about these guys, though, that you can take into consideration is that you are going to be tying up a lot of the enemy with your Lannister Guardsmen. These guys make excellent flankers in that position, so you can get a unit, tie them up into combat, and these guys will take you know, a turn or two to move around the flanks, crash into the side, and that's going to absolutely just devastate, devastate any unit that that comes in contact with. So that's something to you know also keep in mind. We're kind of forming this list as we play through here. You know, We have a solid foundation of Lannister Guardsmen to tie up units, a couple units of Halberdiers maybe to tie them up, maybe some uh, Lannister Crossbowmen, or, if you want to go the expensive option, some Knights of Casterly Rock. That's really your, if you want to go the offensive route and you don't want to just stay in the back and shoot guys, then you can take some units of Cast uh, the Knights of Casterly Rock. Noting you're going to be paying for them, they're pretty expensive, but they're a big threat to the battlefield. And Jamie's cards actually synergize pretty well if something unfortunate happens and they just kind of get tied up into melee. Now we're going to be moving on to the neutral forces. Uh, at this time, are going to be compro uh, comprised entirely of House Bolton. So the first one to look at are House Bolton Cutthroats. These are cheap 5-point options, and they're really offensive-based, and their defensive stats are absolute garbage. Uh, I would not take these guys with Jamie, just because, again, his cards are going to you know, help you with your defense, and these guys are not about defense in the slightest. They want to go up, they want to attack, they want to deal a bunch of damage, hopefully before they die. Again, Jamie's cards will help them stay alive a little longer, but there are better options. So to me, I mean, if you're one playing that aggressive, then... Take them with the mountain, but don't take them with Jamie. House Bolton Bastards Girls. Uh, these are always a fun unit here because they combine the best elements of ranged and melee. Uh, the only issue is that because they are, you know, a dual-purpose ranged and melee unit, they don't really synergize that well with Jamie. In fact, the issue is that they have an absolutely abysmal six-plus defense save. So almost none of Jamie's cards are actually going to help you with them. These guys are meant to go full offense, they're meant to deal damage and throw out vulnerable counters uh, Sorry, on the enemy, and by doing so, that's how they annihilate stuff. None of that actually synergizes well with anything Jamie does. So, you know, if you want to run them as like a flanker unit, that's fine, but for the point investment, you can get better options with Jamie. Uh, the House Bolton Flademen, your big expensive cavalry option that are meant to go up there and just deal a ton of damage. Nothing wrong with these guys. Uh, the thing is, to me, is that I would rather save the few points and invest in some Knights of Casterly Rock with Jamie instead of going with the House of Bolton Flademen. I mean, yeah, you're going to get that really nice 2-plus defense save, but the difference between that and the 3-plus and just the other synergies that Lannister Supremacy, uh, Supremacy has with Jamie versus the spread fear ability of the House of Bolton Flademen where they start just passing out panic tokens. I mean, panic in general is a nice thing for Lannister strategies, but... I really feel that if you want to run a Lannister Panic list, then you can really go heavy into that, but Jamie is probably not going to be my first pick if I'm going to do that. That's not to say you can't run a, uh, a Jamie Panic list. There's actually some really effective ones out there, but I feel there are other commanders for that. Well, Jamie, I really want to have that focus on defense, outlasting the enemy, and while the House Bolton Flademen can really help me do that with a 2-plus save, I just feel they're really expensive for those points when I can kind of do the same thing with Knights of Castle Rock and use those points elsewhere. So that's going to complete our look at the units available to Jamie. 
let's take a look at the various attachments that he can take and which ones are probably going to synergize with his units the best. First up, we're going to have our generic ones coming in at one point each. We'll have the guard captain, uh, whose order at any cost, if the unit would fail a panic test, kill one model in this unit to automatically pass that panic test. I love that ability. I really do. And uh, the Lannister Guardsmen, well, I guess the individual troops really hate it. But you as the uh, commander, you really like it because it's going to automatically allow you to trigger Lannister Supremacy, which is going to allow you to get some extra damage on there. And for one point, you can stick them in a unit of Guardsmen, and they're going to you know, come up to, ooh, a staggering six points. Super expensive. Um, but reliably be able to you know, get around their biggest weakness, which is them panicking themselves to death. So a fantastic investment. Um, definitely one that I would take with Jamie here. And especially because, you know, we want to run that syner uh, the synergy that we have a lot of Guardsmen units. Next up, we have the Assault Veteran. Order, hold the line. This unit begins the turn engaged. This unit's melee attacks gain plus one to hit and roll plus two dice this turn. Uh, this is another solid option that you can take with Jamie, simply because, as we've been talking about, your guys are going to get stuck up in melee, and they're just going to be staying there for a while. This one here is actually going to give you some offensive bite to allow them to actually potentially hurt the enemy. You stick this guy in the unit of Lannister Guardsmen, you're going to be hitting on 3 plus and rolling 8 dice, which, yeah, is going to bring you up to only an average number of attacks, but the 3 plus to hit is not bad. Uh, you can stick this guy in the unit of Halvadiers, and they're going to be hitting off 3 plus with 9 dice and Sundering, so that's definitely going to be your main synergy there. Um, and really, between the two of those, you, whichever one you want to stick him in, that's your option there. Uh, between him and the Guard Captain, there's not really a bad option. It just depends on your playstyle and how you want to go about damaging the enemy. The Assault Veteran is going to allow you to damage them much easier into combat, so you're going to be hitting their defense and killing them via just raw, you know, well, combat and killing. The Guard Captain is going to allow you to focus more on Lannister Supremacy and taking them down via Panic Tests. Uh, the Lannisters do have more synergies with Panic Tests, but the Assault Veteran can really help you get through guys who you know don't really care about panic like a lot of the Starks have a baseline six plus morale stat so that's gonna be hard to punch through anyway uh, the assault veteran will allow you to just you know kill them and not worry about that then we come to the champion of the faith uh, order stand resolute when this unit passes a morale test all enemies engaged with this unit become vulnerable this guy here uh, is my third option for either of the generics when it comes to Jamie just because yeah, making the enemy vulnerable is fine, but I'd rather have any of the other effects uh, ex you know, over him. He synergizes very well with other commanders, especially the High Sparrow, but Jamie, yeah, he just doesn't really do too well. So, again, he would be my last pick as far as the uh, generic options go. Moving on to some of our characters. We have Sandor Clegane, the Hound, with his Hound's Fury ability, which is going to give you plus one hit and vicious if you damage the unit a little bit. Um... Yeah, I would probably not bother running him because uh, I would rather run a guard captain or a assault veteran over Sandor, uh, specifically in a Jamie list, just because Sandor is really good for anyone who is aggressive based or who wants to throw down condition tokens. But in Jamie's list, as we're talking about here, um, I'm more defensive based, and I really don't need these effects. Plus, the guard, sorry, the assault veteran will give me a plus one to hit and rolling additional dice, which is in no way as good as plus one to hit and vicious, uh, noting that Hound's Fury, he can trigger that every time the unit attacks. Uh, but, again, I just feel that either of those are better options over Sandor. And if you want to run a Jamie, uh, an aggressive Jamie list, then by all means stick him in there. But, not my first option. Next, we're going to come to Tyrion Lannister, the giant of Lannister. Nice little three-point 
attachment here. Uh, adaptive planning, while this unit is engaged, you may extend a condition, uh, expend a condition token on an enemy engaged with this unit as if it were any other condition token. And order counter strategy. When an enemy engaged with this unit uses an order or is targeted by a tactics card, roll a die on a 3+, plus, cancel that order slash tactics card. Tyrion is, in general, for those players who really like control, he does synergize a bit with uh, Jamie because Jamie does throw down weakened uh, time to time on enemies. And with Tyrion, you can exchange that for a vulnerable token or a panic token, which are nice. Tyrion does not really um, have any restrictions on the commander that he goes with. He definitely favors commanders that like using condition tokens a bit more, such as Tywin. But with Jamie, I mean, he's a solid investment here. Um, he can just, you know, Tyrion is just one of those guys that you're paying the points to have a guy who is effective in most any situation. He can lock down a unit, he can cancel their abilities, and you can really put him someplace that, really when you put him in a unit, that unit becomes a, a counter unit. So you're going to take that unit and you're going to go to whatever threat in the enemy army that you need to shut down and shut them down. The only problem is that, as we've been speaking about, the primary units that I want to run with Jamie are my defensive ones, so Lannister Guards, Halberdiers, and such, and those guys really aren't scary as a go seek and destroy unit. Tyrion does do pretty well if you stick him in, you know, Mountain's Men, or, you know, um, well, I guess some of, the, some of the neutral options, but in this situation here, it just, I would have to include those in there to really feel like I'm getting the best bang for my buck when it comes to Tyrion, and in general putting a unit like that in my list with Jamie, it just seems I can invest those points better elsewhere. Like a unit of Casterly, you know, Knights of Casterly Rock, I would probably take them over a five point unit plus Tyrion. So while he's nice, he again just doesn't synergize super well with the type of list that I would run when I'm playing Jamie. Next up we are coming to Gregor Clegane, the mounted behemoth. Um, starting with I guess the mounted uh, the mounted 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 Mountain Attachment for, um, in this case, it's going to be the Knights of Castle Rock or the House Bolton Flademen. Um, Gregor is going to turn that unit into a rampaging murder machine. Okay, so you stick him with some knights. They're going to become super expensive, but they're going to gain the overrun order, so if they destroy an enemy, they can just charge right through them. And Unstoppable Fury, where they're just going to deal extra damage. Uh, if you want to make that investment, feel free. Um, to me, uh, I feel that if I'm paying the points for Knights of Casterly Rock, oof, making the extra, giving the extra points here for Gregor, uh, Gregor, I mean, I could do it, but with this Jamie list, I really don't want to invest heavily into a single unit, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Because when I look at that, two units of Knights, sorry, a Knight of Casterly Jesus, guys, sorry. <laughs> a unit of Knights of Casterly Rock with Gregor Clegane attached cost um, the same amount of points as two units of Lannister Guardsmen Infantry. And that's a really hard justification for me uh, for what they're going to do. Because, again, Jamie's cards all favor defense. And I'm going to take this one hyper-aggressive unit when I could be getting two defending units that are going to synergize with my strategy and tactics. Yeah, I just I can't see myself doing it. So unfortunately, you know, that's going to take a, a sidelines pass for me. Moving on, uh, we're going to look at the neutral attachments. First off, the one-pointer, the Dreadfort Captain. Spread fear. Um, anytime an enemy engages this unit fails a panic test, one other enemy within long range of that unit becomes panicked. Yeah, again, not synergizing at all with our strategies here, unless we really want to push a Lannister panic list, which is not the focus of Jamie. so a pass for me. Ramsey Snow. So getting him, he actually can start throwing out Panic, which 
uh, would be, a, you know, his reek, uh, Fihan Greyjoy, uh, little buddy that he carries along. This is, again, if you're going to run a Jamie Lannister list that focuses on panic and focuses about getting the maximum benefit from the Lannister tactics cards, from Lannister supremacy, from Cersei, yeah, you can run Ramsey and he's going to be a good addition, but again, that's a different list than the one I'm looking at. Um, perhaps we'll do another talk sometime about specifically making a Jamie panic list, because they can be brutally effective. But with this one here, again, the list I'm making is that defensive one that really wants to just play to Jamie's strengths and his tricks. And this is really pushing the list in another direction. So for me, it's a pass because I feel that there are better options. Roose Bolton, the Leech Lord. Uh, hey, so a lot of what I just said about Ramsey, it's going to apply to Roose as well. Uh, Ram Roose here is going to... Except it's actually pushed a little bit further in that direction. Because Roos's effects are going to be mainly triggering when his unit charges and forcing the enemy to suffer panic tests. So, again, you're playing to the exact opposite of kind of how Jamie's unit wants to function because you're going to be the aggressor. And that's not something you really want to do when you're playing with Jamie. So Roos is another hard pass for me. Moving on, we have Brawn, the Cell Sword. Extra incentive. While you control the wealth space, this unit gains plus one movement, plus two attack dice, gains plus two to morale test rolls. This guy's a fantastic addition to most Lannister forces, and I absolutely do love him in a Lannister list with Jamie because he goes with so many good units. You can stick him in a unit of Lannister guards, and they actually have a combat punch, and more importantly, that plus two to morale test rolls is going to allow them to trigger Lannister supremacy that much uh, more often. You can stick him in a unit of crossbowmen, and they're rolling plus two additional attack dice and gaining a little bit extra speed so they can move around the battlefield. Halberdiers, like, there's just so many good Lannister units that become deadly with him. Uh, he is definitely one of my favorite additions to stick into most Lannister lists, but specifically a Jamie one. Specifically with Lannister Guardsmen, because I really feel that he gives them so many good benefits with the extra attack dice so they can kill stuff, the extra morale test so they can actually pass their Lannister Supremacy roll. And again, if you're controlling the wealth icon, that means that you've healed guys up so that you can actually, you know, keep the uh, your little stall engine going. So he's definitely one of my favorite attachments there. Finally, we come up to Brienne, the Maid of Tarth. She has her knightly vow ability, which is before deployment. Select one enemy unit until the end of the game. This unit's melee attacks gain plus one to hit and roll plus two dice against that enemy. And the Stalwart ability, where the unit gains plus two to morale test rolls. So Stalwart is something that is very rare uh, to have access to with the Lannisters. And she does synergize pretty well because for most of the same reasons I just talked about Braum um, getting the extra uh, triggering Lannister supremacy more often. Nightly Vow with her, however, though, uh, almost feels like a waste because most of our units just really sucked really badly in combat. And you were not going to gain the biggest benefit from that. Now, she is only a two-point attachment, so that might be a worthy investment. It just really depends if you have the points elsewhere to spend. Uh, I would almost, instead of Stalwart, I would probably just take a generic guard captain instead of her. But if you want to give your unit a bit more of a combat punch, then she technically is really like a uh, assault veteran and a guard captain kind of rolled into one. So I could see sticking her in a unit of halberdiers um, or potentially a unit of Lannister guardsmen. It just feels really all uh, weird to me sticking a combat uh, buffer in a unit of guardsmen. But then again, I mean, you know, the buff is not bad, so something to consider. If you got the points left over, you know, why not? And finally, let's go ahead and look at the NCU options available to Jamie here and see which ones we're going to take that are best going to synergize with him. So Tyrion Lannister, the Imp, with his Tactical Mastermind ability. Your tactics hand size is increased by one. 
and he's got the ability to a couple times per game mess over your opponent's hand of tactics cards. So more tactics cards is always a plus. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to really complain if they get more. And the thing is, the Lannisters have a lot of really nasty ones. Jamie's in particular are really vital to his kind of engine flow. So Tyrion synergizes with him very well. Uh, he is probably of the Lannister NCUs going to be one of my top picks to take. Uh, just because I I feel that you know your list is not going to be dealing a lot of damage via combat, so you need the kind of tricksy elements of the Lannister tactics deck to help you out. Jamie's cards and specifically are going to you know make your units really hard to destroy, and that's a uh, crucial in objective-based games, which you know comprise of uh, three of the five different game modes you'll be playing. And the last ones, if you're the defender in um, Storm of Swords and having to defend the castle, then hell, you want all the defensive capabilities you can get. So Tyrion's just going to give you more options there. Definitely a strong pick for me, uh, and probably one of my top ones that I would take when I'm running Jamie. Then we have Cersei Lannister, uh, everyone's favorite, who have no confidence. While she influences unit, that unit suffers minus two to morale test rolls. Again, as I keep saying, almost like a broken record, she plays really well into the Lannister panic list. But if you're building, if you're building that specific list, she's your number one pick. If you're not, though, um, for the same points, there are other options I would probably take. Um, she does synergize really well with Lannister, sorry, uh, Lannister supremacy on the guards, uh, so you can kind of point and click and destroy a unit. But the problem is, is that if you are triggering Lannister supremacy, that means that the enemy has attacked you. Uh, which means that they have like the unit that you have attached Cersei to has voluntarily attacked you and played into your plans. And frankly, a savvy opponent shouldn't really be doing that. I mean, yeah, they might not have an option or so, uh, but they really, really shouldn't be, oh, my guys have a bunch of debuffs if they attack. Let me go and attack with them. That's a bad play. And if you're playing guys who do that, that's going to work a couple times before your opponent either goes you know, oh, screw this, it's broken, and I'm never going to do it, and I'm never going to play this game with you, you suck, go home. Or, more likely, they're going to figure out, oh, I shouldn't do this, and they're going to stop doing that thing. So that means your four-point non-combat investment here is going to kind of be a little neutered. So, yeah, if you're running a panic-heavy list, you can take her, but that's a different list than we're talking about here, so I would still probably run Tyrion over here. Tywin Lannister, the Great Lion, the Reigns of Castamere. Once per game, at the start of any turn, choose one enemy combat unit. They gain every condition token out there. Their attachment loses all of their abilities. Um, it's really nasty. It's a big once per game, just, I need to shut down this threat. It's super nasty. Um, it's your ace in the hole. I mean, there are lists that I definitely absolutely want to run Tywin in, because I feel like I need that. With Jamie, because... He has so many tactics cards that allow me to kind of slip out of getting dealt a bunch of damage. I don't really feel that I need something like this. Like, Tywin is kind of like your tactical nuke. I'm going to hit a unit with him, and that unit is completely shut down for this entire round. Uh, I don't just I just don't feel I need to invest the points in that when I'm running Jamie. So he's really a pass for me over, like, Tyrion. Pycelle, the Grand Maester. Three-point attachment. Uh, sorry, three-point NCU. Deceit and ma uh, Manipulation. Scratch that, reverse it, manipulation and deceit. When Pycelle claims his own on the tactics board, one enemy combat unit becomes weakened. Uh, this guy is tied to me with Tyrion to my first pick in non-combat character, just because uh, we're playing a defensive list, and hey, look, I can make the enemy weakened. They attack me, I'm going to force you to reroll those attack dice. And, oh, look, I've got a 3-plus defense save because I'm running a bunch of guards. 
it's just great synergies with this guy. And plus, he synergizes very well with some of Jamie's tactics cards that, again, punish your enemy for missing you. Uh, and he's three points, so that's something else to really push out there as well. Uh, he's mm, It's hard to say which one of these I would take uh, over the other, him or Tyrion. Frankly, if we're playing uh, a medium-sized game or higher where I'm going to be encouraged to run two NCUs, those guys are going to tag-team the tactics board for me. So those are that's my thoughts there. Moving on to our neutral options, Peter Baelish, Littlefinger, Master of the Game. When Peter claims a zone on the tactics board, he may replace its effect with the effect of any unclaimed zone. So Peter, in general, is just good. Uh, he allows us to you know, basically pick the area that we really want. The thing that I haven't spoken about too terribly much is when it comes to Jamie. He doesn't really have an area of the tactics board that he super favors, so you can kind of be a little open in what you're claiming, because none of them are going to be the best for him, none of them are going to be the worst, and so we kind of default to the general Lannister tactics of they want the crown area, they want the wealth area. And the wealth area is, while nice, going to benefit you more as the game goes on, because you're going to get the reinforcement effect, but we're already playing super defensive, so it's not like we absolutely need that area, it's not super vital to us. You know, unless we're running our man Braun, but uh, and then the crown area, you know, that's going to help a lot of our Lannister cards. It's going to cause additional panic tests. But as I keep harping on and on about, this is not a Lannister panic list. This is a defensive list, and in that fact, you know, we really have a lot of uh, aspects of being open with the tactics board. In fact, I would probably prefer when I'm running this list to claim zones that my opponent needs rather than take ones that might directly benefit me which actually Peter is really good at doing. Uh, you know, blocking off those combat and maneuver zones from the uh, Starks, which are going to trigger a lot of their effects. Now, is that worth the investment to me to do so? Uh, not over Tyrion or Pycelle in this situation. Uh, if you're a control player and you really like those aspects, then you know, you're going to gravitate toward Littlefinger anyway. But to me, I just like the, the synergies that Pycelle gives me better than Littlefinger. And I like the extra options that Tyrion gives me over him as well. Lord Varys, the Spider. Little birds. Varys begins the game with four order tokens on him, and you expend those order tokens to cancel enemy uh, NCU effects when they start trying to claim zones. So this guy, um, to me, while Littlefinger is your uh, stop them before they actually become a problem, Varys is, okay, you're a problem, now I can kind of counter you. He does synergize well with the Lannister's kind of control aspect, um, and he's going to give you some tactics board control as well. But I just I don't really feel it's needed too much, because just looking at it from my perspective, the tactics board is super nasty. But against Jamie, when he has defensive options, I don't really. There's not a lot of things out there that I really care to stop on the tactics board. Uh, and of course, I say that, and then you know some other effect comes in and just, oh my god, ruins my entire strategy. But I feel that a lot of the tactics board are going to aid your combat strategies. Whereas, and Jamie's effects specifically are going to go, oh, you've got all these combat strategies that are set up? Well, I've got counters to those. So while, you know, the tactics board is going to buff the enemy attacks and things like that, Jamie has effects that are going to cancel those as well. So you're investing kind of double points into canceling those effects. Ugh, I hope that really came out clearly. <laughs> um, but to me, I would just rather have more of my defensive effects, which again defaults back to Tyrion. Or if I just want to take some 
preventative measures, then I've got Picel to again throw down Weakened as a preventative measure as well. Who can also accomplish the same thing by just going and claiming areas of tactics for that I don't want my opponent to have. And that is actually going to complete our look at uh, everything available to Jamie. So let's move on to just some final thoughts, I suppose. Uh, as we have discussed here, the things to remember to recap everything when you're looking at Jamie is that you're going to be playing a very defensive list. You are going to want to set yourself up into defensive positions. You're going to want to take and hold objectives and force the opponent to come to you. This might be a little tricky because some of your guys are a little bit slower, but that's where your Lannister craftiness and positioning are going to come into play. Uh, how you lose the game as Jamie is if you're forced into a situation where you're going to have to be overly aggressive and not playing to your strengths, which is letting the opponent fail at their strengths. If you're playing against Jamie, then everything I just said is true. Uh, <laughs> if you play into his battle strategy, if you just go rampantly and attack him and just get your guys into melee and just you know get locked down, you're going to lose the game. Okay. If you're playing against Jamie, you need to do clever positioning and really make use of the retreat action, whether it's just your units retreating out of combat or via use of the uh, maneuver zone of the tactics board. Because the longer you stay engaged in combat, the worse it's going to be for you. The best thing you can do is just really you need to hit him hard on that initial punch and get those combats done as soon as you possibly can. Uh, you're going to be your highest potential to deal him damage is going to be on the charge because you're going to gain all those bonuses. You're going to get your rerolls. You might have a bunch of abilities that trigger off the charge. You might be able to get him in the flanks. Uh, doing that and playing to that aspect are going to be how you get around Jamie. The worst thing you can do is just blindly get in combat and just stay stuck in there because he's going to win in the long run. Okay? So that's going to conclude this episode here. I hope you guys found this informative. And uh, still playing around with the format here and exactly how we go about discussing all this information. So if you guys have any suggestions or, you know, even things that you want to hear about, feel free to bring those up and uh, we'll take a look at things next time. Guys, take care.